He's handsome. The man is handsome. The lettuce. Woo. Handsome man. Welcome to Spinsters, a podcast where bandwagging is not only accepted, it's encouraged. That was really good. I feel like that was your TV Perfect, voice. Yeah. You got a glimpse of it. You got a taste of it. Um, okay. Uh, will you start by introducing yourself and what you do? Yeah. Right now? Let me go. Hello. I'm Mina Kimes. I am an NFL analyst at ESPN and a proud member of Nets World. It is really cool how quickly you turn on the TV voice. Oh, that's not my TV voice. Can I that's hear my your normal voice? TV voice. Well, what was well, the I, voice you were using before we started recording? Um, tired voice. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. TV voice is like higher energy, I think, and yeah. Yeah, I would imagine. Um, I would love to. Just take a class of how to be on TV, not to be on TV, but so I stop speaking in a voice that sounds like a baby. <laughs> I don't think you, know, you sound like a baby. Like, I'm baby. I feel like I have that a voice of somebody who says that in earnest. But you sound like an adult woman to me. Thank you. Uh, I, I don't vote that now. That's not. I used to um, actively try to sound older, and then I realized I just sounded like a phone sex operator when I did it, so I stopped. Yeah, that's what I tried to you said try to sound like I had a deeper voice. Um bad. It was bad. Yeah. I would say mm. at least yours was sexy. Mine was not. No, not mine was not when I was young, I would try to do a adult woman voice. Um it notably, I notably, notably, like you would know this story, but it is a story I have told before. I uh, as a child, would call in to companies when I felt like the products I got weren't working, including um, Crunchable, Nestle's Crunchables um, was a famous one in my family. And another one was whoever makes, I guess, Milton Bradley, whoever makes the Ouija boards. And so I bought one after going to a birthday party and it didn't work because they are not real. And I just sat there by myself for like an hour with my hands on the thing. And then I called the company and I would do a voice of what I thought sounded like an adult woman, but really just sounded like a child doing a Southern <laughs> accent. I don't know why my adult woman was Southern. Uh, and it, it was not great. In the range of voices that you can do, would you say, like, how many of them are real? Which is it's a weird question, but it's kind of like I've noticed that when I drink a little bit, but Kentucky comes out, um... You know, things are a bit slower in some areas and a bit like pushed together in other ones. Sentences like sentence breaks, gaps between words kind of just fall away. Um, this is obviously my normal voice. I don't have a podcast voice because um, I don't know. I, I don't feel super qualified to be doing this, to be honest. I hope my bosses aren't listening. Um, and then also I have a voice when like my parents are talking to me and or slash it's just someone, but I feel like I'm a bit in trouble. Mm -hmm. And those are my three genuine voices. I only have one voice. It's Australian. All of <laughs> whether I'm trying to do a English accent or a Southern, every accent I do, I'm told just sounds Australian. Um, no, that's mine. <laughs> Good day, mate. That's throw another shrimp on the Barbie. I can talk to Pat, Patty Mills, new member of Nets World. Um, and then my normal voice, I get told a lot, is just very flat and 
I think I attribute that to having grown up in a lot of places because my dad was in the military. Where where did you spend? Where? I Everywhere. So question. this actually does have an NBA connection. It's part of the reason why I don't really have a, a fandom. Well, that in Seattle being robbed of a basketball team. But like I have lived in so many places, um, Nebraska, Virginia, Arizona, Washington, California, um, Michigan. Did I say Michigan? Anyways, a lot of places. My dad was in the Air Force. So when you mix all that together in a pot, it's a cosmic jumbo uh, voices. Gumbo. <laughs> cosmic, cosmic jumbo. Gumbo. I meant to say cosmic gumbo. <laughs> Damn it, I screwed up the reference. A cosmic jumbo. <laughs> that sounds okay. like a, That sounds like a strain. Cosmic jumbo. Yeah, I, hey, I would try it. Um, yeah, me too. I wish I had worn my Dan Flash's shirt. <laughs> I genuinely have one that looks like it could be out of that store. I got it's it from the really cool. store. It's probably cool. I thought it was cool, and then I was watching um, I Think You Should Leave, and that skit came on, and I realized maybe it's not as cool as I thought. And so I tried to sell it back to the thrift store where I bought it, and they said no. So... Well, that's a good way to expose the store for not valuing their own merchandise. Yeah, I think they Scant were like, finally, you. we got rid of this fucking shirt. And then I brought it back and they were like, absolutely not. Like a Buffalo Exchange Beacon's Closet type scenario? It was Crossroads. Yeah, I find crossroads. that the people at Buffalo Exchange are, um, they don't like my clothes. And they're also, it, it makes me feel kind of bad about myself. Isn't it amazing? Like I go on my job on television, watched by... I'm not going to say millions, hundreds of thousands of people during the day. And I feel more judged by the 22-year-old woman at Crossroads and more nervous in her... Pr- I, I will sweat as she's looking at my oh, clothes sure. and kind of shaking them out and brushing off a hair and I just want to die. Yeah, and like looking at the tag and then... And oh. Yeah, and I'll pretend I'm shopping, but I'm really watching the whole time. Yeah, I'll tell you what, <laughs> that 22-year-old always has cool pants and clogs. It's always it's clogs, just, and I'm like, clogs? But she's always um, wearing clogs. Yeah, we're just buying for fall right now, and looking for a younger demographic. Stab me in the fucking heart. <laughs> she's like, so if you could just bring in something next time that's like fashionable or trendy or that anyone would wear, that's what we're looking for right now. <laughs> oh, how do you even leave the house in this, <laughs> these rags? <laughs> Oh, next time bring in something you didn't sew yourself. <laughs> yeah, um, I brought in a lot of clothes to Crossroads this most recent time, and they took 12. So that is a personal That's a high. I again, really got yes. rid of my closet. You yes. feel amazing. The power these people have. It's not all women. I mean, because the rejection is awful, but when they validate you by buying your clothes amazing like if i i almost want to go to like a, a fancy store and buy clothes just to resell them at crossroads so i feel good about myself and my taste i genuinely thought about doing that one time after i left buffalo exchange which is now why i just do crossroads because they do it does seem like they are a bit more open-minded because it's like you know you go to buffalo exchange first i guess um but I did, I did think about that the last time I was at Buffalo Exchange. Like, should I just take my nice stuff there just to, you know, so I redeem myself in her eyes? But <laughs> she doesn't even know my name. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't oh, matter that much. Could um, be a listener. What? Could be a listener. Could be a sister's listener. Yeah. If you are, you know, take pity on me next time. I'll just wear my Spencer's hoodie everywhere just in case she is. Um, but I doubt it. 
So anyway, um, the Nets, you like them. Nets Nation. Actually, it's Nets World. I keep saying that. Brooklyn together is the other catchphrase. I, yeah, I was going to say when we were texting about this yesterday, I feel like there's a much better one. First of all, Brooklyn rhymes with everything. I mean, Lynn rhymes with so many things. Oh, yeah. Um, Brooklyn World doesn't really make sense. Or what is it? Nets, Nets World? Nets World. Hashtag Nets World, yeah. Yeah, also, yeah. you're the Nets. It's a basketball net. There's so many yeah. other things that could be used there. But up. you've told this story a bunch of times. So maybe you could tell it in your Australian accent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, unless you want to. But how did – give us the – I guess, um, summary of how you became a Nets fan in case anyone doesn't know. Because it did happen, it seems pretty suddenly or intensely, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, Haley, I can't do it. I can't do the Australian accent. Um, It's less of a summary and more of like a Joker origin story, I think, is probably the right framework to look at this. But um, I love basketball, but I do not have a team, as I you know mentioned. And... Um, you know, it's interesting, actually. And this is something I haven't really talked to anyone about. I'm, I kind of want to talk to you about. Like, I I always latch on to players. Like, I love LeBron for a long time. Or, like, stories or underdogs. But I found over the last, really, even to the present, since becoming a Nets fan, like, latching onto a team. And this is the first team I've really, like, rallied behind um, since the Sonics left. I, I've been more passionate than when I was rooting for anything else. And I, I really think it speaks to like the way we root for sports and how rooting for a team, even if it starts as a way to troll people, pulls you in. And I and I knew I was in. So, so you asked me the origin story. Basically, I was downstairs. All the Nets were playing together. Uh, Durant, Harden, and Kyrie were playing together for the th- first first time. I guess it was February thirteenth, and I sat down and I was like, "Holy shit, this is incredibly entertaining." And I am. And then I tweeted something about like thinking about becoming a fan to bother people, and people got so mad. I just thought it was so funny that I decided to lean into it, and that's the, the story. But I I re- I didn't realize how much I cared until they lost to the Bucks. I remember this because I was at Ke- uh, Kevin Arnovitz's house, and I was getting so annoyed because Kevin, I didn't know this, wh- he tapes games and then he watches them on a slight delay because unlike all of us with our broken brains, he's not online. Like He's not looking at Twitter. So it doesn't matter. So he can watch it in his own time. Meanwhile, I was like, the rest of the world knows what's happening. And I'm five minutes behind. Kevin, I love you. But right now I'm just very upset. And when the Nets lost, when when they were, you know, a half of a KD foot away, I felt like true. Heartbreak is too strong, but I felt a hole in my heart. And I think it was one of those things where like, you realize, oh, man, like, I'm a real fan once you lose it, you know? And and the rest that of the playoffs sense. just didn't hit the same way. Like, I just didn't really care. I mean, I watched them. I love, I love it. But I didn't care the same way that I did. And that, to me, was very telling. My dad does the same thing. He lives in Thailand, and so he will tape the games or watch them at, like, 8 or 9 a.m. because it's, like, a complete hour time difference flip. Um, and he'll especially do it with Louisville. Uh, where he went to school, I went to school, my mom went to school, my brother went to school. Um, so we're pretty diehard fans. And I just, I'm like, yeah, but you know what happens. Yeah, or, or, you know, you're staying off 
of online for that long. But yeah, I, that it kind of drives me nuts. But I also kind of, in, you know, I'm like, that's that's poetic. You know, it reminds me of like the other things about my dad. Like he I always I hate spiders, but he'll like take them outside. And I'm like, you have to be this same kind of person to not kill a mm. spider and to tape games and just watch them for the enjoyment of it. Yeah, you have to be like very mentally strong, which I'm not. Ex- I'm not exactly. mentally strong. Kevin Arnovitz is very mentally strong, and I am not. Um, no, I would disagree with that. I would disagree with that um, because it does take someone very mentally strong to go on TV every day. It does, or yeah. insanely and narcissistic. And to be online, <laughs> that yeah, <laughs> it does. Um. I think what you're saying about fandom is correct, which is is a bit ironic because the team you ended up cheering for is put together because of the opposite. Like, I think yeah. people who subscribe to cheering for individual players also, uh, you know, they're fine with player empowerment. This team, the Nets were built off of the quote unquote, like players decision era, but you know, now you're a fan of the actual team. And I don't really ever think that there's requirements to be a fan of anything. Like, I would tell that to my girlfriends all the time, like, who, like, I'll give you a story that will frustrate you, especially. We were in, we were at brunch (laughs) way before COVID. And we were, it was like NFL brunch. And one of my friends who's from Wisconsin was like, oh, no, I'm not really a fan. Like, I just, I watch Packers games sometimes. And I was like, no, I mean, that qualifies you because she's like, I just don't know. I don't know enough. And I was like, I don't know if you kind of like them. If you have like a hat, that means you're a fan. And then which is totally true without what comes next. But then she proceeds to be like, man, I can't believe that enter like defensive. I I was she was talking about this player with such depth. And I was like, you're like you are just telling yourself you're not a fan. And of course, this all traces back to being challenged as fans from birth, but that's a whole nother thing. Um, But yes, A, it takes nothing to like qualify you as a fan of something, but you genuinely do seem like you're really invested. And for me, I'm I'm totally in the NBA. I'm like, no, I like players. Um, But in college, I'm a Louisville fan and it makes it more intense because you have no will over it at all. it makes it more intense, but I would also say with Nets fandom in particular, to your point about how we gatekeep fandom generally, like we people gatekeep, uh, fan bases gatekeep their own, you know, who do you think you are latching on to bandwagon fans? It, you Anyone can be a Nets fan. <laughs> I want to, like, there, I didn't encounter a single defensive Nets fan. It was the most welcoming group. And I was very, very upfront about the fact that I was like, you know, uh, truly bandwagoning the team in in the worst way. But because it's not a team that I I don't think people are protective about it because it's been so villainized lately. I think it was kind of like all comers welcome. And I uh, which was fun because I started following, you know, all the Nets accounts, Nets Daily, the Nets writers and um I really felt welcomed by the fan base. And I think, that, you know, I think that's kind of fun. I wish more fan bases were like that. I was like going to say that's candidly. super yeah. unique. Yeah. I remember even when the Raptors won, um, 
there were a lot of Raptors fans who were like, oh, now you care about us, which right. I understand. Like, I sympathize with that because um, if you don't get written about long enough, if you don't get paid attention to or taken seriously long enough, you know, and then people decide to start being a fan. I can imagine the frustration because they didn't go through the lows with you. But it's like, you know, latch on, let them latch on to the highs. And then that's how you get them to stay through the lows. Yeah. And like I was saying before, there's really there's really no qualification. And but I can see Nets fans being a unique fan base of like, yeah, you want to watch us? Like, please watch us. Um. <laughs> Everyone just shits on them constantly now yeah. these days. Right. So. I, yeah, I, I had a great experience joining <laughs> the Nets fan base. I, uh, and it was funny too, Haley, because people would be like bandwagoning the stars. I'm like, yeah, I like what literally like you're. I, I literally am making it very obvious that that is what I'm doing. There's no hidden agenda here. Um, I also feel, by the way, while I have far from experienced the lows of Nets fandom, uh. This last season did kind of set the team up for a for KD in particular for like a hero's journey, which I I find very interesting. Yeah, and you know, like you didn't experience the lows, you definitely experienced letdowns and nerves with every injury. So yes, no, I think yeah. that that's that's totally fair. Also, there's just I was thinking about what are the fan bases where people say that uh, you're a bandwagon fan the most. Mm. And I don't even know what qualifies anymore because if you're a Lakers fan and you don't you're not from California, no one's going to look at you twice. Like maybe you'll get a joke about it if you're not. But it's kind of like, yeah, well, everyone's a Lakers fan or like a Cowboys fan or a Yankees fan or a fucking UK fan. But whatever. <laughs> That's another Subject. When I was um, looking at which EPL team to become a fan of, I thought about bandwagoning. This was like two years ago. So at the time, it's still like Tottenham was like, you know, mm. on the way up um, or maybe plateaued. I don't know. That's the thing about coming in randomly is you're like, you seem pretty good, but I don't know if you're meeting expectations or not or has this been building for a while. And ultimately, I decided to follow a coach. Um, so now I watch Leeds quite a bit, quite early. Um, but I don't tape it because, like we said earlier, I just don't think – I'll get on Twitter and I would see the result. What's the point? Yeah. Um, but I had no shame about it. Like, why would I want to – I've been suffering long enough. Like, I'm a Louisville fan. Every couple months, someone mm. is either in the coaching staff, like, arrested or charged with something, like, fixing some, you know, paying a player, something. It's just everything's so drawn out. I don't have an NBA team. I am a Ravens fan, so that's fruitful um, occasionally. With the EPL, I was like, yeah, of course I'm going to cheer for a team. I did part from Tottenham. Your mom is notably a Tottenham fan. Super fan. How did that Celebrity. Start? Celebrity fan. Yeah, honestly, cele- yeah. Um, Widely she, recognized. She started rooting for them because of Sun. So my mom, my mom is Korean. Kim Min's son is Korean. And... um. She also just already loves soccer and has been watching it since we were kids. And her and my brother, who's also a big soccer fan, really kind of just started watching it together. It was kind of like a connective thing for them. And then they just started watching every Tottenham game and got really invested. Um, And it's 
I, I think she feels pretty welcome too. I mean, she's not been a fan for that long, right? It's, you know, Sun's only been there a bit, but I think she feels like the fan base, at least on the internet, has been pretty welcoming to her. Um, I and I, I, I don't know. I, I'm. I think if I have like a core principle as like a sports human, it's being against gatekeeping generally and like always. And it's something I, I when I catch myself doing it, I try to stop myself. And I, I really like the idea of more inclusive fandoms generally. Like I'm a Mariners fan, which is the worst thing you could be in baseball. And if the, the you know, no World Series, nothing horrible, haven't been to the playoffs since I was in high school. If, oh God, was I in high school? Yeah, I was in the ninth grade. If the Mariners, and they're having a decent season and they've got all these young players, if they get on the upswing and somebody wants to jump on that ride, fine. It's not, fandom's not zero sum, at least to the best of my knowledge. Um, I mean, I guess there are seats. <laughs> But beyond that, there's room for everybody. That Yeah, that's kind of the weird thing, though, is like there's this. And maybe I'm just channeling this through my own experience because it is it just is different when you're like in high school or, you know, middle school or whatever. And you're like in those conversations with guys who you go to school with and they're kind of like looking at you a bit funny. But then that also discourages other young girls from or even like in high school and college from talking about it because it just feels like it's almost challenged automatically instead of just believed or trusted and I don't know maybe that's different now but through my own experience it feels like there's always this need for credentials which Mm. is ridiculous sports are sports they're games they're just games like if you want to watch the game and pick a side because one of the guys has nice hair or he's Korean or, you know, anything like you like the colors, anything like that's enough in my mind to want to be attached to the team. And typically over time, there's so many origin stories where the, you know, my dad got me a a Baltimore jersey. That's it. That's the reason I should have Mm -hmm. been location wise a Bengals fan. Um, But no, I I chose the other. um, Chose wisely. (laughs) Yes, thank fucking God. Um, But yeah, I got a jersey. Funny enough, it was uh, Joe Flacco, who I have a very strong one-sided beef with. I'm like, you don't know who I am, but God, I fucking... I spent so many days and nights wishing that the coaching staff would just get fucking over it. The Super Bowl, so bittersweet because I was like, now he's going to fucking stay around for forever. And he did. It took a very long time. And then Lamar came and that was just really interesting kismet because like Louisville, him, you know, drafted low miraculously. But anyway, it can be the silliest reason in the world. It can also be a nice, like a good reason, you know, like you grew up there, but one is not more legitimate than Mm. the other. It just isn't. And the reason when that happens, you are effectively telling a person who maybe wants to get into it later in life but doesn't know so much about it, me and soccer, well, the EPL specifically, because I'm a huge and have always been a huge um, U.S. Women's National Team fan. But, you know, later in life, you're it's kind of discouraging people. And you almost have to have the approach of like, like you had with the Nets and I had with the EPL where if like, especially if you're online or just for somebody else who's not online in their friend circles, you almost have to like joke about it about how much you don't know 
as a defense mechanism. And I'm not saying that's what it was for you, but that's absolutely what it was for me. It's almost like you have to say, don't take right. me seriously right now because I know I don't know a lot. But why does that even matter? You know, I, I, that's the part that kills me. And I think it really discourages a lot of people, not exclusively girls and women, of course not, but a lot of people from getting into sports at all. Well, when you think about it, what is sports fandom, if not the most useless expertise on fucking earth? And th- and so I think there's a bit of defensiveness. It's like, well, I've Forget like the time you spent in the failure because sports fandom is also mostly failure. Only one team wins every year. So it's mostly misery. You're like, well, but I've, I've accumulated all this knowledge. And who are you? Like, do you have the knowledge? Because I got the knowledge and it's 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 useless if if you get to also have the thing without the knowledge. And I think that that plays into it. But, you know, I, so I, to me, like... I, I do understand where some of the defensiveness comes from. I just wish people would chill out generally. Um, yeah, there's I, also because, like the yeah. I suffered thing, so you need to suffer. Right, yes. And that applies yeah. all over. That's not just sports. That's like, yeah, that's it was a, really hard for me to get a journalism career. So like, right. it needs to be hard for you. You, yes. I had unpaid internships. You should have unpaid internships. But yeah, especially yeah. for sports, I'm like, so you want them so, to suffer? I guess <laughs> like, like the unpaid internship would be like if I had become a Kings fan instead of a Nets fan, right? But instead yes. I just like rolled into the law firm. But I I mean, first of all, I, so I, the other thing I'll say that I've, I, I've actually probably should acknowledge, I, I know I'm like making it as this big funny trolley thing, but there was also like a professional incentive for me to root for the Nets, which is that um, they're a very good basketball team and I watched every fucking game. Literally, once I became a Nets fan that February, I watched all of the regular season games through the end of the playoffs. So I became much more knowledgeable about a very relevant team. And again, like professionally, that's useful because I'm an NFL analyst, but we do talk about basketball on my other shows. I love basketball. And developing, you know, a, a little bit more expertise to connect it to sort of fandom was really useful, like for me to be able to like, oh, I know how they use Bruce Brown. Oh, like I, you know, have actually seen this thing and and have so I've put in a lot of time now and thought into this. And another, you know, reason for anyone, I guess, to root for any team is if they can kind of find some utility in their everyday life. I agree. I remember when the Wolves drafted a Louisville player, Gorgie Jang, and so I watched so many. Wolves games over the next like three, four years. And that was when I really, I think, integrated. I like realized that NBA Twitter existed in specific pockets as well. And when you know that much about something that's irrelevant sounds mean. I'm not trying to say that the team was irrelevant, but knowing the intricacies of a team that was never going to make the playoffs for like years and years and years and recognizing that then fans really appreciate it because you understand things on a deeper level. And I, when I was working at the ringer and covering the NBA league wide, I did notice that, you know, any kind of frustrations or feedback, I wonder if you get this too, is kind of like, well, you're not, you don't really get the specific dynamics of this team really hard in the NBA to do that. Uh, But I can appreciate also, like you're saying, when you know more specifics, people that are watching you or listening or reading to you appreciate that. So that, yeah, that makes sense to me. 
And you also, when you latch onto a team, you see how every other team responds to them. So you do really get to know more about, you know, the teams that they play more and, you know, everything. But so, yeah, I do get the professional incentive aspect of it. We're going to be back, baby. We had a great off season. I think the best off season. I'm, I'm ready. I'm actually like... I, I was dialed in. I think I tweeted a dumb joke about this. But I was like, if you had told me like that, I'd be like living and dying by the Patty Mills signing. James Johnson. I, I was like, Bruce Brown is back. I, I think I screamed when the news came across my phone. Like sicko behavior. Uh, but that fandom enables that kind of passion in a way that like, again, back when I was just rooting for players or stories, I just didn't feel that way. Like I would love watching LeBron James in the moment in particular. He's a player who I just... I, th- I think some, especially just being a football fan, there's something about like the physicality and my favorite NBA play of all time is the block. Like I just, mm-hmm. that's Same. the kind of thing I love watching. But when it's over or even as it's happening, like I, you can appreciate the art and the craft of it. But when you root for a team and an outcome, it's just a different kind of emotion associated with tracking sports. And I've, I, I'm thrilled. I know, again, this thing is like kind of trolly or whatever, but I'm thrilled to be experiencing those feelings again. I, I, I'm going to challenge you to not use those disclaimers because you did feel genuine joy. So I think that that's enough of a qualification. The other thing that I've noticed with Louisville versus cheering for players and I'll like rotate, but I'm firmly – LeBron firmly Russ and I love watching them everywhere even when it's not going very well but the thing about um Louisville for me which is like my you know it's a team like as much as I cheer cheer for a team versus a player like in basketball and football um especially recently women's basketball like they're just so good and have been so good for so long um you get to love a number of players and a number of figures in a way that in professional sports, sometimes they just kind of, you know, they all break off a bit. Um, and I still love, obviously, like I love the NBA so much, but there is something more about like, I'm going to watch this player. And this has been Louisville's thing because they're just, Harry, please bleep this, but like not good enough to have the one and dones or not. It's not like known as a place that like, is a factory for them kind of and like hey you'll get NBA attention and and recently it's been like two and three years and that's a huge step for us but you get to watch them grow over a couple of years attach yourself to them have such high hopes for them sometimes it doesn't pan out sometimes it does and that is really fun when you get the option to love an entire team um and it's not switching as frequently but again I I don't not love it with the NBA, but yeah. that is a, th- a thing about it lo- is a loving a thing. It's nice. special, yeah, right, right. It's like, oh, here you're now you're joining the club. Okay, cool. You know, um, yeah. I, I I found with that certainly with NFL teams and every rookie class, you fall in love with the new rookies. And Nick Claxton is now the apple of my eye in Brooklyn. You should be the apple yeah. of everybody's eye, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Separate uh, combo. No comment, but yes. Offline um, that one. Um, but yeah, I I just it's it's fun. It's like um it's like watching a TV show where like new characters are introduced. Every yeah, season. exactly. And I find myself watching like 
McDonald's All-American and I don't know, all kinds of things that I probably would also feel if I had a team in the NBA. Um, I don't mean to separate this as like a professional versus a collegiate thing. It's just kind of like I don't have a team in the NBA. But um, is there anything else NBA that you want to talk about? Get off your chest? Now I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. I I think there are still moves to be made with uh, with my nets, but pretty great off season, right? I, it, yeah, I, I haven't. Is that the consensus, or am I being a biased well, crazy? Well, the DeAndre I mean, the Jordan potential buyout, buyout yeah. is uh, good. Yes, very good news. Um, Harden saying ex- that he feels ready to fucking go is obviously really good news. Um, health, I think, is probably the biggest thing with the Nets has been for the last since Kyrie and KD got on the team. Um, so, yeah, I think you should feel good. I think I mean, they're the, the favorites. Unambiguous favorites. Yeah. Yeah. I was I haven't checked, but I'm like, there's no way they're not the favorites. I'm ready. I'm ready. I've been through the lows. I'm ready to ride the highs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. The other thing is that, and I, I'm springing this on you so we can just okay. do a fake ending and not actually do this, um, <laughs> but we, I forgot to text you about this. We do this thing called Six Degrees of NBA Kevin, like Kevin Bacon, but we just choose like Kevin Love or Kevin Garnett or something, and I was thinking, and then we connect it to another, just a random person. Okay. It can be another Kevin, so we could do like an NFL Kevin and you could connect them via like agency or friends or whatever you sure. want. So if you want to, this is the thing is like, dude, Let's you try. helped somebody win. What show is that? Who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah. Okay. You help somebody win who wants to be a millionaire. I'm like, if I'm springing this on anybody. No, let's try it. Yeah. Okay. So you pick the NBA Kevin. Kevin Durant. Come on. Oh, of course. Of course. Um, do you want it to be an NFL Kevin or just an NFL player? So we're player? trying to get from a Kevin to a Kevin? Is that the thinking or? Yes. But also, if you if you just rather me pick like an obscure person. Why don't you to... pick the other person? Oh, who's the actor from There Will Be Blood? Daniel Day-Lewis. Boom. Do Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> to Kevin Daniel. Durant. That's hard. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what has Daniel Day-Lewis been in? He was in Lincoln. He was in There Will Be Blood. Mm-hmm. More with... notably than Lincoln. I think that one's kind of a stinker. <laughs> <laughs> Phantom Thread, which I love. Great Such movie. a good movie. Such a good movie. I don't think anyone... Uh, so who's in There Will Be Blood? Paul Dano, who is... Married, who was in? I'm, I'm okay. I'm gonna not use Bill Simmons podcast, even okay, though that is you. the <laughs> easiest way to do this game. I am handicapping myself, <laughs> even you. though I could easily get through that route. I it's just true. want you to know. It's true. Okay, Daniel Day Lewis was also in. So he's in There Will Be Blood with Paul Dano and Dano Dano. I might be saying his name mm-hmm. wrong. I mean, he's not gonna. Um. Yeah. Um, he was in Lincoln. He was in Phantom Thread. This is like big famous. He had another big famous role. Oh, My Left Foot. Never. 
Never seen really? it. Really? No. Is it about okay. dancing? Uh, it's about artist oh. who can only paint with his left foot. Uh, I feel so like you're okay, this up. I'm not making it up. I'm not making it up. I saw it as a child. We rented it from the library. I think it's rated R though, because there was some gratuitous content. So oh. there will be blood. Is he's in that with Paul Dano? Paul Dano is married to uh, Zoe. What's her name? Zoe. Deschanel? No, 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 no. I'm like, there's Zoe Deschanel. There's Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kazan. I don't really know if there's any other. Kazan. Okay. Kazan, who went, I went to college with. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's Durant to, or pardon me, to DDL, to Paul Dano, to Zoe. I'm on Zoe Kazan. I'm just going to keep riding this wave. Mm-hmm. Um, I got three more to get to Kevin Durant. Um, Zoe Kazan. I can go through Yale. Now I gotta think about KD. Let's see. Um. Okay. Well, I'm only halfway through my degrees, so I'm at. I got stuck at Zoe Kazan. She was in. So she went to. Yeah, I feel like I'm gonna stay with Yale. Kevin mm-hmm. Katie's gotta have some connection to Yale, right? Um. Who's the owner of the Nets? Mm. <laughs> it's the Josai, but he mm-hmm. didn't do it. Did he go to Yale? I don't know. Let me Google it. I feel like that's a good one. I feel like he did. Uh, Maybe not. Yeah, yell law. Boom. There you, there and you there go. you have it, folks. There you have it. That was there. only how many degrees? Daniel. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis was in There Will Be Blood with Paul Dano, who's married to Zoe Kazan, who went to Yale. Uh, which is also where Joe Sy went. That's six. Who is now Kevin Durant's Wow, employer. employer. That was a very roundabout way to... <laughs> well, once you got to her, I thought you were going to put yourself in the equation and say, I also went to Yale and then go to KD. I try not to bring it up, Haley. So I just, you know, I rarely do. Just, <laughs> just came up organically in this game that you came up with. I just want to mm-hmm. point that out. Yeah, I mean, that is fair enough, but what did you major in? English. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think I'd speak it better. If if only you didn't, or it's a, it's, it would be different if you got like a business. What'd your husband major in? Classics. Okay, that's even cooler. Yeah, he's very cool. Artsy couple. Those photos turned out really good. Okay, sorry. That was a diversion. Um, <laughs> I guess that's the podcast. <laughs> I did it. I got from DDL to KD. Yay. Yay. Um, go Nets World Nation. And Brooklyn if you're World. listening, we're onboarding new, new Nets fans. The gates of Nets World are always open. They're always open. Um, yep. All right. That's it. <laughs>
Hey, Haley and Jordan. This is Taylor. I'm from Chicago. I'm one of the only few Pelicans fans in the world. And uh, I've been stewing, simmering in the slander of the Pelicans offseason. And I just don't want to hear it when, when, when we're in the playoffs this year. All right. Bye.